I hope you guys are having an amazing day. It's your girl Fatima and welcome back to our backcast. It's going to be me and Michaela going to keep having our conversation with Nikita Oliver. I hope you guys enjoy. What made you want to go to law school? Uh, such a good question. You know, I never actually thought I would be a lawyer. At first, I didn't even think I was smart enough uh, to go to law school. Uh, college was, while I did well in college, I had to work really hard to do well. Um, I had to study a lot, and I had to sometimes read things multiple times, or I had to make extra study devices for myself so that I could be prepared for exams. I had to write papers a week in advance, so I had a lot of extra time to edit them. And so... Uh, when it came time to apply for college, you got to take this uh, test called the LSAT before you go. And to be quite frank, I didn't do very well on the LSAT. And that made me feel like um, there was no way I could get into law school or I'd be a good lawyer. Um, I was really fortunate, though, that I had mentors in my life who called who, who called things out and were like, what you're experiencing is called uh, an imposter syndrome. It's called the imposter syndrome. And you've been taught by society that folks, you know, black people or gender non-conforming folks or women and femme folks that we don't belong in certain spaces and you got to unlearn those stories you gotta you gotta empower yourself um and i'm not gonna pretend like that was easy i remember my first day of law school feeling like what am i doing here i don't even look like the rest of these students i literally wore my first day of law school a pair of high top uh pink and purple uh, like classic Nikes, uh, a pink like kind of suit jacket, but not quite like more like a like a like an Adidas swag jacket, and had on huge hoop earrings. And I remember looking at my classmates wearing their suits or their nice button ups and thinking, "Wow, I am really not uh, a part of this community here." Um, but you know, I went to law school with a purpose. I uh, first decided that it was important to understand the law during a time when I was working as a chaplain at the, the old youth detention center. I was not quite yet an abolitionist at that point, but I was really seeing the problem of jails and how awful and traumatizing it was that we were putting young people in cages. I was working at Seattle Urban Academy around that same time as well. And young people would tell me about going to court and their families would share how they didn't know what was really going on and they didn't understand the process. Some of the families we were working with were dealing with eviction issues or other types of issues in the system. And none of us knew the law and all of us were confused and there weren't lawyers to access to get information. And so ultimately I went to law school because one of the homies was like, yo, I think you can do this and we need more people from our communities that understand how the law works. So get in law school, go get that information and bring it back to us. Um, and so ultimately I went to law school with the purpose of trying to tear down gatekeeping. How do we create more access to, to legal information, to knowing our rights, to making sure that young people and families had better legal protections. Um, and so even though I didn't feel like I belonged, I also knew that I went there with a purpose. So anytime things got hard, anytime I wanted to quit, I would go back to reminding myself I'm here with a purpose and I'm here because I want to get this information and take it back to the communities I care about and I feel a part of. Um, and that always just kind of helped me refocus and really helped me get through feelings of not belonging because maybe I didn't belong, but 
at the same time, I knew that my being there was purposeful. How would you define social justice? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, I don't know if I've ever thought about that, but um, I would probably just break it down by the words social being about relationships, about community, about how we interact with each other, and justice being about doing the right thing. Cornell West says that justice is what love looks like in public. So in many ways, I would think of social justice about being about our love and our connections with each other. And how are those that love and those connections with each other accountable and in right alignment with um, the health of the planet and the health of our communities um, really is for me at the root of what social justice is about. Like, how are we treating each other, caring for each other, treating the planet, caring for the planet? Because if these things don't exist in right relationship, then we can't be healthy, whole and thriving. And so at the end of the day, the work that we do in areas of social justice should make things better. Uh, one of the things I had a professor say in law school is if you can't help make it better, then at least don't do any harm. Um, and I think about that a lot when I'm in spaces, um, trying to do this really important work in community. You know, I think social justice has to be done in community. That's that social part. You can't do social justice by yourself. You gotta do social justice with people um, and you gotta do it with love and you should do your very best to do no harm, but at its at its best, social justice actually makes things better for everyone. How does your knowledge of the law help you fight for social justice? You know, sometimes I think my knowledge of the law can put me in a box and make me forget we can be much more creative than what these legal institutions have told us is acceptable. Um, and so some of the things that I think about as, you know, as a licensed attorney, is um, the law and justice are not the same thing. That just because it's legal doesn't mean it's right. And sometimes the right thing is not legal. And so I really try to remind myself as I move through our communities and I, and I organize and I'm in community, um, is that sometimes the law is actually not the best or the first or the right approach. Um, and so I think my knowledge of the law has helped me at least really see that. I think other ways having knowledge of the law helps though is being able to assist people in navigating really challenging complex systems and just giving the information in a way that we can all understand because the law is often written um, with a lot of jargon. It's written with words that most of us aren't taught or words that are not accessible. And sometimes I think that's on purpose to keep, keep people out to gatekeep. And other times it might be unintentional, but it has really devastating impacts for uh, communities that have been disenfranchised or who have been marginalized. And so I think having knowledge of the law uh, allows me to share that toolkit with other people. Sometimes I act as a glossary. Sometimes I act as a translator. Sometimes um, I'm doing know your rights work. Sometimes I'm just sitting with people and when they have a question, there to answer the question. I think the other thing that I learned though in law school was just being a lawyer doesn't mean you have the answer. Um, and in fact, I think it's really important for most people who are lawyers to know that um, what the people who have the answers are actually the ones that are most impacted by the crises that we are facing as a community. And we really have to make space to hear people's lived experiences. And when we're in solution building conversations, uh, really make space for those folks to speak truth to power and understand that that might not always sound the way that um, legal words sound, but that doesn't make it any less important, viable, 
or any less probably the brilliant solution that we need. What are responsibilities of an individual in regard to issues of social justice? You know, I think a lot about um, accountability in the work that I do. I am the executive director of an organization called Creative Justice, uh, which is an arts-based healing engaged space for young people, many of whom are systems involved. So um, some are fighting cases in juvenile court. Others might be dealing with um, like family court or or other other types of, of court issues like truancy. Um, and young people in those situations are often asked to be accountable um, for their actions without any acknowledgement of the system or conditions that have been created that push young people into those spaces in the first place. So when I think about accountability, I really try to think holistically about it. Who are all the players that are accountable for why we're seeing the thing happen that is happening? And how do each of us um, take accountability for the role that we're playing. And accountability is not um, an inherently negative thing. I think we always kind of attach it to negative consequences, but accountability can be a positive thing. Let me take take accountability for the good work I'm doing. Let me take accountability for um, the ways in which I am being responsible for my own healing or the ways in which I'm caring for the people in my community. Accountability can also mean taking taking accountability for harm that's been done or ways in which we have contributed to to that harm or been complicit in harm. And so when I think about individual accountability and doing social justice work, um, I think it's important for us to be humble. Humble meaning acknowledging what is. And um, that can be really hard sometimes to acknowledge what is when we've been a part of causing harm or maybe have not been a part of the solution. Because sometimes we're just complicit, right? And that's not being a part of solutions either. And so um, I think the first step for all of us entering into social justice work is to take some time to develop our knowledge base and our self-awareness so we can actually take accountability for ourselves and the role that we play in our communities and even the role we might be playing in some of the challenges or societal ills that we're seeing. Um, and that's not an easy thing to do, but it is a really powerful thing to do because the power there means when we can take accountability for things, it means we can also take action on things. Um, and so I think you have to start first with self-awareness so you can get to accountability and then we can get to actually um, taking action. What advice would you give to young adults who wants to get involved in the social justice movement? in politics mm. you know social justice movements movements generally have always been led by young people young people are almost always on the forefront of things that change the world whether that's thinking about the end of apartheid um the end of enslavement here on turtle island the end of uh, de jour segregation um, or something like getting the vote, getting the right to vote, or the civil rights movement even, um, young people have always been on the forefront of those movements. Here in Seattle, we celebrate the Black Panther Party one of, because Seattle was the second city where the Black Panther Party um, had, a, had an official chapter. Um, and again, that was young people. I think the average age in the Black Panther Party was 19 years old. Mm -hmm. And so um, my advice to young folks would be to just get involved. Um, take accountability for your own personal power. 
um, young folks have been building dynamic things for centuries. Um, so it, it is a choice to, to get into to being accountable for your community and being accountable for yourself. Um, so in a lot of ways, I would say just do it. That being said, I would also say educate yourself. Um, one of the most dynamic things I feel like I learned about the Black Panther Party from folks like Aaron Dixon was they read books together, they studied together, um, they had agreements and values and principles. And so I would recommend, um, especially in this day and age, there are so, I mean, like, you don't even have to necessarily read books if that's not your thing. You can listen to podcasts, you can watch videos. You can follow certain Instagram pages that um, help you develop your analysis so you can understand history and understand systems and and have um, have an analysis of where you want to go, like your vision and how you get there. So I also recommend studying. And don't, don't feel like you have to do that by yourself. I mean, obviously, individual study is great, but build study groups with each other, organize with one another. And I already see that with young people like y'all at, at our back. Um, with the with Yada Rising and the many um, curriculums and opportunities y'all have built. I mean, y'all do transformative work. Uh, Corner Greeters literally has transformed the South End. Some of the young people that were part of our back are, are part of the reason why we have working cards for young people all over the city because y'all studied an issue. You have lived, had lived experience with the issue and then you let the city and the school district know what would actually help and then did the work to organize and galvanize people to do that um i think y'all have already shown us how powerful young people are um and i would encourage other young folks to study get involved and also lead from your lived experience your lived experience is valuable and you're brilliant yeah i feel like that is really important just to find what's really important and educating yourself because i remember the Black Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter movement. People were saying Black Lives Matter, but you need to go into details. You know, you can't just say it matters if you don't have something to back it up with. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's important to understand what we really mean when we say these words or when we join into something. And part of that is self-study, and some of that's like what y'all do again at our back. Y'all are like educating each other, and that's what's so inspiring to me seeing how y'all um, keep growing who's a part of the work that you're doing and really like focusing on young people and young adults. Um, that's so powerful and very inspiring to me. Thank you so much for being here, Nikita. That's all the time we have for today. We hope you enjoyed it. Please keep an eye out for upcoming podcasts and check out seattlefreedomnet.org.